In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you hear the news this morning? Any of you? You have not? No. Well, these women woke up early in the morning and they went to the tomb. <laughs> this is the gospel, the news, the good news that was preached to the world this morning. You didn't hear it? Then you missed the whole day. <laughs> you missed the whole life. They went to the tomb. And then when they got there, that huge stone was rolled away. And these two men, in dazzling apparel, were there. And when they saw them, they just bowed down. They couldn't look at them. And you know what they were asked? Early? So why are you here? Why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's risen. Christ is risen. Truly He's risen. Absolutely. This is the news this morning. Yeah. And what did they tell Him? Remember how He told you that He will suffer, that He will be mocked, that He will be crucified, that He will be buried, and on the third day He will rise. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. So they went. And when they told them, what did they do? Did they rejoice like we did this morning, waking up early and coming here to hear? No, they did not believe it. They did not believe it. The disciples, after three years of being with Christ, now hearing about the tomb being empty, they did not believe it. They didn't understand that. Just three days earlier, they were by the cross. When the Savior, when the Lord, the Son of God and Son of Man and their teacher was crucified, they didn't understand that either. And early in their journey with Christ, they were told a few times that He will have to go to the cross and suffer and die and on the third day resurrect. But they didn't get it. They did not understand that. And this is where we are today. Of course, they understood later, once the Holy Spirit came upon them abundantly at Pentecost. And they truly understood everything that Christ did for them. But today, the Gospel lesson brings us to this state of confusion of the disciples. The Gospel of St. Mark is heard in the church twice a year, almost every six months. There must be a reason for that if we are told this lesson. What happened here? The Lord asked the disciples... Who do you think, who does, who does the world think that I am? And they say, well, they think you are Elijah, the prophet, or St. John the Baptist. He said, but who do you think that I am? And this is when St. Peter says, you are the Son of God, the Son of the living God, the Messiah. Wow, a proclamation of Christ, of who He was. And the Lord tells him, you didn't speak from you now, this was God's word speaking through you. Seconds later, For the first time, the Lord tells them, I need to go to Jerusalem, and the leaders will make a mock out of me, they will spit on me, they will beat me, they will put me on the cross, but on the third day, I will resurrect. And this is what they didn't understand. Because Peter, the fisherman, said, Lord, beyond this, this is not going to happen. As long as I live, I'm going to stop you from doing that. And the Lord said, what? You're going to stop me from the cross? You're going to stop me from 
resurrection? You're going to stop me from ascension? And from sending you the Holy Spirit and from the saving of all mankind? No way. And he tells him, go behind me, behind me, Satan. So the chief apostle now labels Satan, is sent behind the Lord. And this is what the lesson follows now. So not only does he tell them that he will die, as St. Maximus says, the cross was planted in their midst before the crucifixion to bring the good message of their salvation. But they couldn't understand it. So he develops on this. He gives them and us today the good news. For us, the second set of good news. The Lord said, if, every, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Alright, well, not only do I go to the cross, but you, if you want to come with me, you have to pick up your cross and follow me. So, in this gospel lesson today, we hear about one really wanting, freely desiring this. We hear this from a God who has the authority to create out of nothing, who has the power to heal the sick and to destroy the cities and everything, has so much power, who's the king, who's the master, yet not pushing anybody. He respects us so much and He loves us that He gives us that room there if we desire to. If we desire to. And the lesson continues leading us to ranking our priorities in life. And this starts with renouncing ourselves, denying ourselves, picking up the cross, and following Him. Denial. What is denial? Well, I can give an example of denial. You know, we're so blessed to meet here on this beautiful day today and to come together in Christ. What a blessing, truly. But our brothers and sisters in San Francisco, we have two communities there, the Holy Trinity and the Cathedral, cannot meet. They are now six months later when they have been denied to pursue the command that God, Christ, gave them. Take, eat, this is my bread, take it. Do this in remembrance of me. They're denied this basic right to worship, to glorify God, and to give thanks to God. So today, not just the Orthodox doing this, the Roman Catholics as well, as you know, being denied their service, their Mass, are marching, probably as we speak now, by the, by the city hall to go to the cathedral and celebrate multiple Masses, I don't know, small, small groups in there, not in the church. And they call this movement, Free the Mass. The denial of worshipping in, in the church is a denial. But now the Lord calls on self-denial. He calls on the disciples, and by extension to us, to deny ourselves. We bring to attention today the wisdom of Saint Nikolai Velimirovich, a Serbian saint. Let him deny himself, Saint Nikolai says, reminding us of the first man, Adam. The first man, Adam, also denied himself when he fell into sin, but he denied his real true self. He denied his real true self that God has made. 
in his image, to grow in the likeness of God. When Adam sinned, he denied that true self, seeking from men that they deny themselves, the Lord seeks that they deny their false selves. So you see, Adam and us, we all have the true, real self. But we also carry around with us another self. The one that's called here, the false self. So let's explore this. As each one of us, having these two selves. Put more simply, Adam denied the truth and clave to a lie. Now the Lord seeks of Adam's descendants that they deny the lie and cleave once more to the truth from which they had fallen away. Therefore, to deny oneself for us means to deny the deceitful non-being that has been imposed on us in place of our God-given being. Deny the one that has been imposed on us by whom? By the enemy. The one that is forcing us to grow into, to be like the world. Deny that and bring to life the true self God created. So, how do we deny this, this uh, deceitful non-being? We must deny the earthboundness that, that has for us replaced spirituality. And the passions that have replaced good works. And servile fear that has darkened in us our sonship of God. And the grumbling against God that has killed within us the spirit of obedience to Him. We must deny evil thoughts, evil desires, and evil deeds. We must deny the idolatrous worship of, the, of nature and our body. In brief, we must deny all that we reckon is me, quote-unquote, but is in reality not us. But the devil and sin, corruption, illusion, and death. And boy, if I look at myself as this me, so ugly, made by human hands around me, not by the uncreated God. So, oh, he continues, let us deny the evil habits that have, been, that have become second nature to us. Let us deny this second nature. For it's, it is not our nature as God created it, but an accumulated and hardened illusion and self-delusion of ourselves. A hypocritical lie that goes by our name and we by its. Wow. Wow. He points out, to, he points out here to hypocrisy and to the fake image that we create and build through our lifetimes to cover what God has given us. His image, to grow in His likeness. This is the one that the Lord calls on denying. Deny this. Back to Adam and Eve. What is it that they denied there? Well, remember, in the Garden of Eden, 
It was like here, more or less. The fig tree, sun, creation, everything else was beautiful. What were they to do, Adam and Eve, the first men created, humanity? They were to fulfill two things. As St. Paul talks in the letter to the Romans, the two things for which humanity suffered the, the dramatic consequences that we deal with this with today. That we, we are under this fake to glorify God and to give thanks to God. To give thanks to God. The Eucharist. They are receiving from God blessings. Give back. That's what they're priestly calling to do. To glorify God and to give thanks to God. When they broke this loop, what happened? The true, real self was lost. The Father say here, was the ruin of Adam. And they started to grow in their, in their me, to be me. The fallen, deceitful non-being. The false selves. Glorifying God and giving thanks, the Eucharist. Put this under the category essentials. These were the essentials. And God told them, stay with the essentials. Don't focus on non-essentials. This tree here of the knowledge of good and bad, stay out of it. Just focus on the essentials. Mary Magdalene, Mary and Joanna woke up early in the morning, went to the tomb because it was essential to them to be there, to take care of the Lord. Our brethren in Christ from the Roman Catholic Church, and I bet you they must be Orthodox there too because they cannot be in church. Where would they be? They'll be on the streets now. Are protesting because they're denied the right to do what? To glorify God and to give thanks to God. So, there are things in life because of priorities that are essential and non-essential. And there are some that are to be despised. These are the ones we want to deny. The ones that are despised. Non-essential, non-needed, harmful. What are they? Earthboundness, passions, servile fear. Fear. See this fear. The evil deeds, the evil habits and all these things. But there are some things, brothers and sisters that are so essential to our very own being, without which we cannot recover that image of God, the true image, the real self. And these are glorifying God and giving thanks in the Eucharist. Do not deny these. Never. And if they toil you to deny, fight that. You know, St. Maximus the Confessor talks, well, if, if you are at times of peace, to deny yourself means these things. Denounce the, the sinfulness, the, the, sec of the evil habits, the illusions, and everything else. But at times of persecution, he says, denying yourself means go for it. Go for death. And thank God you are called to die a martyr. As deny yourself. So brothers and sisters, deny the false self. Deny the self-delusion.
but do not deny worshiping, glorifying God and participating in the Eucharist. Do not deny holy confession. This is what keeps us here on the path. And thank God, thank God we can do this today. Others might want to deny you and us, me, this right. But for now, we're good. Here. But we pray for others as well. Pray to be inside. So, you want to desire? Deny yourself. Deny what? The false image. Recover the true, the real self in myself. Pick up the cross. Which cross? You know better than me what your cross is. God allows us different crosses. The cross of parenting, the cross of being alone, the cross of being sick, the cross of having the children go astray, the cross of sickness. The cross of being denied to step in the church. Pick up your cross and then the Lord says, follow me. Follow me. It is essential, brothers and sisters, that we don't stop at picking up the cross and that we follow Christ. St. Maximus, the confessor, points to Christ's two natures. As human, Christ completes what He Himself, as God, has predetermined to take place. On the cross, Christ Himself as a human being, the sacrificial lamb, completes everything that God had from before all times in mind for our redemption, for our salvation. He does that. This is where we follow Him, to the cross. And this image of us that is distorted to replace with the one that is true, the real one of Christ, is given to us as, who should I be, Lord? Who do you want me to be? If the way is me, the me today is not good enough, is not right, who should you want me to be? Well, the real self that is presented to us to be, to grow into, is Christ Himself. Christ went to the cross to fill in everything that was possible, that was missing for our salvation. St. Nicholas Cabasilas, the Savior first and alone, showed to us the true human being. Here's the true human being in front of you on the cross. Here's who we are called to be, who is perfect on account of both character, life, and all in all other respects. This is who we are called to be. How does it sound? Hard. It is very hard. But the Holy Fathers here, righteous Augustine among them, remind us that things become easy if we follow Christ. After we pick up, after we pick up the cross, we follow Christ. He says, what He commands to pick up the cross and follow Him, and to deny ourselves, is neither hard nor painful when He Himself helps us. How can He help us? Well, He's done it Himself. For whatever seems hard in what is enjoined, put together, that's us and Christ, love makes easy. 
When we follow Christ, then we come one, become to be one with Him. Yes, in worshiping, in giving, in giving uh, thanksgiving in the Eucharist, in following the commandments, in struggling to be that perfect man, the true human being that Christ is. The love of God makes our journey easy. Saint Nikolai again. Coming after me is given to us by the Lord as the great news today. Out of His love, as a privilege. There's a reason for this. That we may not fall and be broken under the cross. As much as we struggle to take up our cross, if we stay there, or if we go on different paths, the cross, so heavy, will crush us. The human race is so pitifully weak that the lightest cross is heavy to the strongest man if he carries it without heaven's help. We see how unbelievers despair at the lightest blow. This is why the Lord calls us to follow Him. For it is only in following after Him that we shall be able to bear up under our cross. In Him we shall find strength, courage and consolation. He will be to us light on the dark path, health in sickness, a companion in lowliness, joy in suffering and riches in want. A lamp is left burning all night in a sick room, and in the night of this life, Christ's inextinguishable light is needed to ease our pain, to keep alive our hope in the dawning of day. Well, this is why we follow Him. Because He loves us. And when we pick up the cross, He will walk that way with us to help us bear it. He loves us. So do not deny. You see the progression here. Deny ourselves. Pick up the cross and follow Him. We cannot just follow Him without doing the previous steps. We cannot. We cannot. And we're reminded that God is with us no matter how hard this will be. And not only is He the perfect, the perfect one who has created the true man, the true human being, but He's also who is giving to us unshakable, solid foundation for what we do, for following our calling here. St. Paul writing to the Romans. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? It is written, For you, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The devil separated Adam and Eve. When they were taken out of paradise because they desired not to worship God and do the Eucharist, give thanks. But for us, who have renounced Satan in baptism, who have turned to Christ in baptism, pledged allegiance to Him, what can, what can stop us? 
from doing these two things, worshiping God and participating in the Eucharist. What can stop us? Persecutions? Famine? Na- nakedness? Peril? Sword? Smoke? Virus? The governor? So, brothers and sisters, let us prioritize what is it that we deny and by whose will we deny. Let us deny this false me, the false selves. Let us not deny Christ. Let us not deny glorifying Him and bringing Him thanks in the Holy Eucharist. This is why we're here today. To fulfill and live the good news of the tomb empty, that Christ is resurrected from the death to bring life. And the men ask, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Let us not be the dead among the living. Deny that death part in us and come to life. For His life, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is offered to us today in the Holy Eucharist. Amen.